You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number three. 44 episode number 345 or number 346 not sure if we'll record one in between here and then we'll be at wrong crowd brewery we're gonna do a live show first live show for me and brandon uh on the bgn radio podcast join us there it's gonna be uh september 6th so wednesday december 6th the day before the start of the nfl regular season uh, the, the first game of the year, of course, is Thursday between the Chiefs and who, who are they? Put? Is it the Lions? It was the Lions, right? Yeah. So we'll we'll do a live show the day before the start of the regular season again, September sixth, seven p.m. Wrong Crowd Brewery. Uh, it's also a restaurant. They have food. Uh, they have obviously beer. <laughs> it's a brewery and very good beer at that. Um, they are, have also just released a new beer called the Quarterback Factory, um, which of course is you know eagles related so join us there get some food have some beers hang out with us we'll do a q a session too during that podcast episode too so you can actually get on the air you can actually get on the pot we'll let you talk on the podcast with your question and we'll answer it right on you know right on the podcast so definitely uh if you live in the area there and they're in westchester by the way i should probably mention again wrong crowd brewery uh you can order beer online too by the way wrongcrowdbeer.com but join us there um, you know, ask us some questions, hang out, have a couple of beers with us and uh good times will be had by all. I think the last time you and I did any kind of in-person meetup thing, Jimmy, this is way before even BGN, you were involved formerly with BGN radio. It was like 20, 13 or 14, where we did something with our old friends at Philly faithful. Remember the t-shirt company? Yeah, like oh, the, the, yeah. They, they, are they still around? The t-shirt I don't, place? I don't think so anymore. I think actually Dan there has talked about like kind of liquidating things, but, um, Crazy. Okay. It's, it's been a, it's well overdue. It's been a long time, so we're excited to see everyone. Come on out. It'll be fun. We'll have a good time. You can ask us questions, like Jimmy said. We, we can maybe talk about some things. Be off pod. Uh, you know, some off the record stuff. If you know any, any juicy yeah. stuff that uh you want to know. Um, that sounds more scandalous than it really should be, I guess. But hey, <laughs> uh, I'm not really armed up with a lot of information at the moment, but. You know, at, at various times. You never I know. Am. So uh, coming out, and yeah. you, at the very least, you will enjoy some great beverages. And also, by the way, I think we forgot to mention this. Wrong Crowd beer, if you you know flip the can over, you might see a little interesting Easter egg on the bottom of some of those cans. So I'll, I'll let you figure <laughs> out what that is if you if you find the right one. But um, check it out. And uh, yeah, Jimmy, the Eagles roster is set. The 53-man team uh, established. We thought when we were doing our final breakdown on over the weekend that uh, we were both eliminated from the competition because 
Uh, we both had Tyree Jackson making it. Mm-hmm. Such a stupid decision well, on both of our parts. It, really. but, but at the same time, <laughs> was our line of thinking wrong? No, because Eagles ended up keeping yeah, a fourth keep tight end, end, and they yeah. ended up keeping a guy who I think is fair to say, like somewhat in the mold of a Tyree Jackson, a really athletic yeah. and like intriguing. Right. Exactly. So I don't think we were totally yeah. off base with our thinking in that. I th- maybe they would have kept Tyree if they didn't think they couldn't. You know, maybe they they had a how he had an inclination that he could have you know albert o was going to be available uh and maybe if he wasn't they would have kept tyree who knows but right. i think that's where we have to start the pod today um because that's the big news i mean it wasn't really you know this huge shocking cut down but they did make a splash move and they got albert o yeah so albert o is uh, a guy who was drafted in the fourth round by the broncos in 2020 um Again, height, weight, speed guy. Ran a 4.49, which is pretty ridiculous for a tight end, just generally speaking, but especially for one that's 6.5, you know, almost 260 pounds, 258, I think is what he weighed in at the combine. So he's got like extreme athleticism out of Missouri, by the way. Uh, Played with Drew Locke, who, of course, was with the uh, Broncos as well uh, at Missouri. But anyway, he, you know, rookie season tore his ACL. So that got cut short. Second year, you know, had some, you know, hamstring issues, but, you know, show promise that season. You think he had like 330 receiving yards, I want to say, in his second season. And then last season, he just kind of, you know, wasn't, they, they had a new coaching staff, of course, with Nathaniel Hackett, for whatever reason, they just didn't use him. And I mean, their offense was dreadful and they had a bunch of tight ends on the roster. So he just kind of got lost in the shuffle, didn't, and was pretty much a non-factor in 2022. So this year they were going to cut him. They showcased them in that third and final preseason game. Like we talk about the Eagles kind of doing that sometimes in preseason games, wondering if it'll lead to a trade and then it never does. But in this case, it actually worked out for the Broncos because they're definitely going to cut them. Like if if like that, if it was going to come down to that game, whether he made the, the team or not, he would have made it because he had seven targets. It was officially eight. One was a throwaway. Shouldn't have been attributed to him. But, if it, you know, seven targets, caught all seven of them, you know, had over 100 yards one touchdown and Howie Roseman cited that Hmm. game as sort of the reason that they traded for him. Um, He and Nick, he said that he and Nick Sirianni watched a film of that game. You know, they, they were aware that the Broncos were going to cut him, So they threw him basically nothing. They like, they, they swapped uh, their sixth round pick in 2025 with the Broncos seventh round pick in 2025. And that got them Alberto. So about as Mm -hmm. low. And that, by the way, that's a conditional pick. I don't know what the conditions are. I already reached out to see what the conditions were <laughs> and got the straight arm on that. Like they were like, no, and they didn't mm. give it to me. Um, but that's about as low a compensation as you can possibly get. And it's conditional. So I don't even know what the conditions are. Maybe like he's got to play at all at some point. I don't know yeah. what it could be. Maybe they but, could cut him um, down the road but to those, protect it if they wanted to. <laughs> those conditions might not even be met. So it was a guy that, uh, you know, the Broncos were going to cut. So at least they got a little bit something for him. And from the Eagles' perspective, um, Howie also cited that you know, Nick Sirianni has worked with tight ends that look a little bit like him um, in the past. And I went back and I looked, and the guy that I could that I kind of identified as maybe the closest profile to him is Mo mm-hmm. Ali Cox um, from from the Colts, uh, who you know really hasn't done a whole lot in his NFL career, but has become like a serviceable serviceable big tight end. So you know the Eagles have four tight ends. I don't think that this signing or trade or whatever. Um, means that Grant Calcaterra is going to be cut or anything like that. I think the other tight ends on the roster are still safe because uh, this guy still has to get up to speed. He's got to learn the offense. I don't know if we're going to see him on the field anytime soon. Probably he's going to be inactive for a while. 
But for the cost, it's worth getting a look at. Oak Wu A Bunam. Oak Wu A Bunam. That's how you pronounce it. Nightmare to spell. I mean, there's just E's and U's and K's and G's and W's all over the place. It's just nightmare to have to learn how to spell this. I think of it in three different parts. Okay. And then for some reason, W-U-E-G comes natural. Woo-G for some reason comes natural to me. And then Boonam. Boonam is one thing for some reason that all works for me, if that works for (laughs) anyone else. But yeah, uh, it's it's in his Twitter profile. Uh, Okwoo-A Boonam is how you say his last name. But I kind of like Albert O or uh, A-O as a nickname. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you covered a lot of it. Total freak. And it's not just the testing, too. Like the way when you watch him, he moves like I feel like unusually well for someone who is just so large. And I remember him having that big catch against the Eagles in 2021 where he just caught it like a, I don't know, like a slant short pass over the middle. And he just like ran away from the Eagles secondary. And I remember at the time not realizing who he was exactly and how fast he tested. And I had tweeted something out to the effect of like, it's pretty pathetic that Anthony Harris, who was, you know, one of the Eagles starting safeties at the time, was just having like a tight end ha- like run away from him. <laughs> you don't see that. And <laughs> right. I still maintain that even yeah. though he is fast. I still think that's like pathetic because, or at least it more speaks to how special Albert O's speed is because you just don't see tight yeah. ends like run away from defensive backs. That's not, it's not. Yeah, it weighs him by like yeah. 50 pounds. And he that's ran not away how that him. works typically. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He, there's definitely intriguing athleticism there. I agree with you. I don't really know what his role is right away because he's not necessarily known for being like this. And in theory, it would, he would make sense as your enforcer type, right? In terms of like Zach Pascal or whatever. Um, but he's not really known for being a special teams guy. There's, I think there's some questions here about like attitude and everything. And he's not necessarily known for being the best blocker. Um, Johnny Page did a good film breakdown of him. I think there's a, a perception that like, he, he got a little bit better at that this offseason. Um, but, you know, we'll see about that one. I do think acquiring him has something to do with the fact that grand calcaterra didn't look amazing this summer uh certainly i don't think calcaterra really helped his standing so much so uh, i i agree with you it doesn't mean he's getting cut but i will be interested to see maybe albert O can kind of increase his role as the season goes along in any case i'm i think keeping four tight ends makes a lot of sense if especially if you're only gonna have Mm -hmm. four receivers on the roster because we right, talked about, right. you know, they, they want to run 12 personnel. They want to run 13 personnel. doesn't hurt to keep a fourth tight end and let alone a guy who has upside. Also, by the way, Albert O was only like 223 days older than Grant Calcaterra, despite the fact that he came out in 2020 and Calcaterra came out in 2022. So, you know, like this is a, a guy still with relative upside and um, will he work out? Probably be great. Probably not, but it's uh, worth taking a chance on him. The two things that I always associated him with was, first of all, my 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 boy Evan Silva loves yeah. Alberto. Actually, the the both of those guys on that podcast, he and uh, Adam Levitan on the uh, Establish the Run podcast, they love that guy. Uh, have for years. And then the other thing that I associate him with was remember when Joe Judge threw the the challenge flag on the touchdown? Oh wow, that was uh, Alberto. Alberto scored that. that touchdown. So Joe Judge, if you if you didn't know he was sort of in like that disaster of a season, like his last year with the giants where just everything went wrong. And he was kind of, um, he had a lot of different incidents where he looked like a little bit like a bozo (laughs) on one, uh, the Broncos scored a touchdown. And of course, every touchdown is automatically reviewed. 
they did look at it real like very quickly. It was very clear that he like it was definitely a touchdown. So they line up to kick the extra point, and Joe Judge didn't think he got in, so he's screaming and yelling on the sideline. And the referees were just ignoring him because the Broncos, you know, they have the right to go out and kick the extra point after the touchdown was confirmed, and they were just ignoring him. So Joe Judge, to get their attention, <laughs> threw the challenge flag, and uh, it cost him a timeout. And uh, I forget what else. Well, it should have been a penalty. It, hurt him later it should have been a penalty. I feel like. Yeah, and it's a pa- also a penalty. I think on the ensuing kickoff. Um, but yeah, he just threw a he just threw a, a challenge flag because he was being a crybaby because they, they were, the referees were ignoring him. So anyway, Albert O was the guy who scored the touchdown on that play. Um, so again, those are the, just the two weird things that I associate him with. But yeah, it's it's a reasonable enough uh, gamble on a guy that I mean it, it costs nothing on a guy that that has a lot of upside. Speaking of upside, the Eagles asked, also added a cornerback, Jimmy from the Colts. Uh, why don't you take us through that one as well? Yeah, I mean, really savvy move here, in my opinion, by uh, Howie Roseman. Isaiah Rogers was suspended for the season for gambling. Uh, that criminal. He bet, he, bet, he bet the over on rushing yards for a Colts running wow. back. So he bet like, you know, a positive thing. It was on his own team, but he bet a positive thing on his own team. And, and nothing that he can affect right. in any way. Not like their win total. And, Right. Yeah. And and he bet the over, of course. So it's not like he was, you know, betting them to lose or do poorly in some way. He got suspended for a year. He was uh, very apologetic when it came to light that, you know, he that he had, you know, violated the NFL's policies on, on gambling. Um, the Colts cut him <laughs> and like during, you know, within their their statement, uh, Chris, Chris Ballard, their GM said, we take the integrity of the game very seriously, blah, blah, blah. They didn't have to cut him. He was being suspended for a year. So he's cut. He's a free agent now. The Eagles sign him. Probably, I, there's, there haven't been any money details that have come out yet. But I assume it's going to be in the ballpark of the veteran, or not even the veteran minimum, but the mm-hmm. minimum because he's still, still on his rookie contract. So uh, the Eagles got him. And then he immediately went on the reserve suspended list. So whatever contract they signed with him will toll in 2023. And that is the contract that will go into effect in 2024. And I'm sure there are no guarantees associated with it. So it's just basically a free player that they can bring into camp next year. If he's good, great. He'll make the team. If he's not good, who cares? They cut him. But this is a guy who like was, you know, got a lot of snaps as they're starting as like their, their slot corner and was also their primary kick returner for the last three years. And was a good one, like um, averaged in the ballpark of like 27 yards per return on kick returns, which is pretty good. He took one to the house his rookie season, so he's got breakaway type speed. I mean, how he does it again. <laughs> I'm kidding, like sort of, but it is a savvy move in my opinion um, to, to bring this guy in. And it's thinking sort of outside the box. And I don't think that every GM or and who knows if it was even Howie or someone else in the building who came up with that idea. It was probably somebody else who came up with the idea. They probably said, yep, good idea. Let's bring him in, sign him. Uh, but it's not it's not something that I think every team in the league would think to do. I agree. And it's worth noting that he will not be around the team. Harry Roseman had mentioned, you know, he was asked about what what's the status is. And it's not like he's allowed to have – the Eagles can't have communication really with him. So it's not like Rodgers is going to be around and get to practice or anything or even like be in the facility as much as he's just going to be away. And it's basically like signing like a player to a futures contract like you usually do after the season except you're doing it now. Yeah. And, I mean, 
what's the risk? You get to look at him in the offseason. If he gambles again and he's stupid, then you can get rid of him again or he'd be suspended again, whatever. I don't think you probably have to worry about that. I'm guessing he might learn his lesson from this. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely worth a look at a position where, as we all know, Darius Slay and James Bradbury are playing at a high level right now, but are over 30 and the decline could come sooner than anyone expects. So why not have Maddox always an injury concern as well. too. So uh, why not yeah. have more talented, deep? I mean, you're already deep at corner. We'll get to that. The Eagles kept seven, but you have like, maybe they don't all pan out, but maybe at least one does and, or maybe two do. And then you have Job mm-hmm. who's looked good. Um, Keely Ringo, Eli Ricks, who the Eagles ended up keeping, you know, they ended up keeping Mario Goodrich. They have Makai Garner back on the practice squad. And then you add Isaiah Rodgers into the mix. Like, you feel good about, okay, maybe something can actually work out here. By the way, you know, take this for what it's worth. Isaiah Rodgers was like the PFS fifth or sixth graded cornerback last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what that actually means. And there's a smaller sample size in there and everything. And coverage grades can be kind of uh, wonky. But, hey, it's like, okay, if you're going to take a, a, a very low risk shot in this guy, why not? Moving on to other news around the NFL that affects the Eagles, but uh, isn't directly Eagles news. Your boy, wow. buddy, Jalen Rager. <laughs> a day after. <laughs> released by the Vikings. A day Vikings. after it was reported that the Vikings were receiving trade or uh, whatever trade offers. <laughs> a lot of people were making calls yeah, about Jalen sure Rager. Yeah, I'm sure they were. It, a year after. It's pathetic that the, some of these national guys are just willing to be used that way by teams. They were getting a lot of calls on Jalen Rager. And immediately, you and I were both like, no, you're not. Not one team has called you about Jalen How does that Rager. pass the sniff test when he <laughs> has been a bust? He was he was he didn't do anything last year. He had like, what, eight catches for something? He was he had negative value for them because whenever he played in games, he like actively screwed up like he did with the Eagles. He had that one play. Remember their comeback against was it the Colts? I think it was the Colts where the Colts had a huge lead and the Vikings had this massive comeback yeah. and won that game. But during that comeback, there was a play where Rager was running from the right side of the field all the way over to the left mm-hmm. on like a deep post, but also like over to the left side of the field. And Kirk Cousins fired it up. And as soon as Cousins threw it, Rager just quit mm-hmm. on the route. And it was just easily picked off. The, the guy could have called a fair catch on it. And it looks like the worst throw ever by Kirk Cousins, but it was really just Jalen Rager stopped running mm-hmm. his route. So, was, you know, that kind of stuff just continued from his Eagles career into his Vikings career. It's just bad, man. Sometimes players can be bad. It's not like, I, I think people think that just because like a player is taken in the first round, like, oh, they're struggling with, with um, you know, it's all in the head. And maybe there is some... They're not being used right, right blah, blah, there, blah, there blah, is, blah. Yeah, no, they're just yeah, not good. But sometimes players just aren't good. I'm not saying those things are never true, but sometimes yeah. the guy just stinks, and he stinks from the jump, and there were concerns coming out of TCU. I don't think it's about Jalen Rager, whatever, or I haven't seen this take out there at any point, um, but I was, like, worried almost that, like, someone was going to say it in the aftermath of what happened with Trey Turner, like the Phillies fans cheering him, that someone was going to be like, see, all we needed to do that was for like, you know, Jalen Rager or something. And no one did to be clear, but I was like worried that I was going to see that. And it's like, no, that's not true. Sometimes guys are just not good. And by contrast, like Trey Turner had proved to be a very amazing player prior to his struggles. Yeah. Jalen Rager has never been anything in the NFL. His longest reception in the league came on his first catch ever. And that first game was like, what, 55 yards against the Washington football team. And mm-hmm. then basically that was his 
highlight and then didn't do much else after that. So uh, it, it hurts the Eagles. Did you mention this part yet from the conditional stand? Okay. I yeah. Did not, so no. hurts the Eagles from a standpoint of they could have gotten a 2024 fourth round pick from the Vikings. If he had hit any of uh, three benchmarks, what were those benchmarks again? So uh, if he had 40 mm-hmm. receptions, 500 receiving yards or five touchdowns, Which, it was not going to happen. Any of those, even if he had stayed, I guess like the five touchdowns. So he, he had to have that e- either in 2022 or 2023, yeah, either year. not combined. So it's funny. Cause last year, <laughs> last year he had eight catches, which is exactly 20% mm-hmm. of 40. He had 104 yards, which is very close to exactly 20% then, of, of that. And then he had one touchdown uh, and he needed five. So again, exactly 20%. It was almost exactly 20, 20% across the board of the of the rather meager uh, benchmarks that he had to hit. I guess if you had to say one of, which one of those three would have been most realistic, maybe be the touchdowns, right? Because it's possible like they could get him involved in like some goal line stuff, like some like a sweep or or maybe like he returns a punt or two. Like in any case, none of it was likely. And now it's all moot anyway because he's gone and they cut him and – I, like I don't, he's gonna clear waivers because he's like a two point four million dollar salary. No one's gonna pick up that salary. It's a lot of money to pay for right. Jalen Rager. So I mean, maybe he lands on like a practice squad somewhere. If it's true that the coaching staff was so big into him and picking him, uh, he'll get he'll get another shot. I agree, <laughs> but it might not be on a fifty three man roster. I agree. Yeah, with I mean, you know, why not put him on the practice squad? There's really no reason not to do that if you're, especially if you're a team needy at receiver. That's such a low, uh, you know, risk thing to do. But, yep, uh, just felt like that should be mentioned because now the Eagles will be definitely getting a 2024 fifth-round pick from the Vikings instead of that fourth-round pick, which mm-hmm. which is significant, too, because they don't have a pick in the fourth round currently in 2024. So the, the pick that they got from them in 2023 – was a set. So they got a seven seventh round pick along with that. They actually got two picks for him, <laughs> the seventh round pick and the fifth that could become a four. Um, the, with the seventh round pick, they actually they use that as part of the DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift trade. So they traded a, what was it a five for Swift? No, a twenty twenty five four. I think fourth. Okay, a fourth round pick for Swift, and then they included that seven, but they got a seven mm-hmm. back from the Lions. Yeah. Um, in that trade and the seven back from the Lions was later in the seventh mm-hmm. round or yeah, yep. in the seventh round. And, um, with that seventh round pick, they got Moro mm-hmm. Jomo. So, <laughs> so it got in, in a roundabout way, they kind of got Moro mm-hmm. Jomo and they, and it helped yeah. them in some v- very small way, get Deandre Swift. So that trade is already panning out. Uh, even if, again, we don't give, we don't, we don't give a lot of credit for anything to get back for Rager because it was such a, it's one of the worst draft picks in team history. <laughs> so like, you know, you gotta, you gotta couch it with that, but uh, they at least did get something back. But this them. is why I always say like, I think sometimes people use the phrase pennies on the dollar as if it's not even worthwhile. I think it can be worthwhile because sometimes you can turn those pennies sure. into like, I don't know, a dime or something like, and that's better than, or whatever, half a, half a dollar or whatever you want to call it. Um, getting something is better than just getting nothing to me. And I think it is sometimes worth calling it quits on a player too early, even if you're getting a meager return back, because you might be able to turn that into something mm-hmm. else down the road, like the Eagles did here with DeAndre Swift and Moro Jomo to some extent. So yeah, I would not, I think people get shy to like give up on players too soon. I think sometimes you can, and there's value in doing that. It's a risk, but sometimes you have to do that. Um, by the way, speaking of former Eagles who were also cut, once promising players, Sidney Jones, 
uh, JJ Arthur Whiteside, and I think there's one more too. Who was City Jones with? He was with the he Bengals. With yeah, Bengals, and then Jay okay. uh, Jaw was with the Falcons. Um, he was with Seattle at one point, he was. right? So he was in like Jacksonville, okay. and people said he was good, even though he wasn't. Oh, Jacksonville too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they mm-hmm. traded him to Jack. Or had, no, they did cut they him. Trade him? Uh, and then he got. Oh, right, they cut up. him. Okay. But anyway, so yeah, just some former Eagles, uh, once promising players, not so much now. But uh, why don't we take a break here, Jimmy? Well, real quick, I mean, as long as we're on that topic, and we can get through these pretty quickly, but two of the guys they cut got claimed. So uh, Kayvon Wallace is now an Arizona Cardinal. Uh, Jonathan Gannon rebuilding the 2022 (laughs) Eagles defense by adding Kaiser White. And Kayvon Wallace uh, from that squad. Uh, Poor Kayvon is going to go from a team that is, you know, it's basically Super Bowl or bust for the Eagles to a team that's, Basically, 0-17 or bust in 2023. And then Josh Sills um, was claimed by Shane Steichen and the Indian and the offensive line starved uh, Indianapolis Colts. It was interesting that Sills is going to get um, got, got claimed by anybody. I thought he would get through hmm. waivers on the premise that he was indicted on rape charges and he didn't play well in the preseason. So uh, he is gone. Um, glad I don't have to write about him anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, both of those guys didn't deserve to make the roster. Still struggled, and Kayvon, I thought he shouldn't have made the team last year. And like uh, we saw, we there's no untapped ceiling there. I don't think I think we've seen his ceiling. Um, so yeah, they're headed out elsewhere. All right, now let's take a break, but not before we hear a word from one of our beloved sponsors, Right to Sell and Crafter. You go to RightToSellin.com. Use discount code BGN20. If it still works, I have to check in with our good friend Dan Klausner because it was through training camp. I don't know how start of the season is working. If BGN20 does not work for some reason, let me double check that. Then use BG. <laughs> this is what I said when I, I did, did the solo parts too. I'm like, I don't know what one's in well, effect that, right that now. Was, use, try BGN20 and then try BGN15. I think it should have been working because that's when camp was still going on. I don't know if okay. so. Uh, it's either BGN20, and if that doesn't work for some reason, do BGN15. But in any case, go to Righteous Felon Craft jerky i was at a giant supermarket not like you know giant lowercase g jimmy but like giant like you know all all yeah. caps the, the actual store gotcha. and i saw yeah. righteous felon craft jerky in stores which i had known i remember dan telling us they are in i believe giant stores specifically but i had not seen it in this giant before and there's actually even a little tag uh, like where it was hanging from that said like new new to the store or whatever something to that effect um and i was like oh right to sell craft turkey it's here so you know if you happen to see it in the store obviously you can't use the discount code like you can online but why don't you pick up a pack give it a try and then if you like it then you can go and order it online at right to selling.com using the discount code bgn20 for 20 percent off if that works or bgn15 for 15 percent off and it is the perfect snack it's the same snack that the Phillies, who are red hot, and you can't see here. Jimmy, I want to do more video this season. I'm going to try to get us to, to do that. But anyway, I'm wearing a Phillies hat right now. Phillies are red hot. They're eating right to sell craft jerky. Eagles just went to the Super Bowl last year, have a chance to go back this year, and maybe actually win it this time. They're eating right to sell craft jerky. Why not get involved on the greatness that is going on yourself by going to right to We should invite them to the live to show, the by the Phillies? way. 
no, the <laughs> righteous felon, because they're they're based in the Westchester area too, are they not? Well, maybe we'll see. We'll figure it out. Righteousfelon.com, yeah. discount code BGN twenty or BGN fifteen, depending on which one actually works for you. Also, same discount code should work at WildRangerPet.com if you're looking for a discount on dog treats. Jimmy, back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back here on BGN Radio. Jimmy. Why don't we talk some more about the happenings with the Eagles roster in terms of, you know, noteworthy things. A little bad at back and forth. Sure. Kind of, because uh, there's just, there's, you know, not not any huge topics to talk about here, but plenty of little ones. All right. Why don't we start with my favorite one, punter? Because, <laughs> okay. Now look, I correctly predicted that I was one of, I think, just two beat writers. You and ESP. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't have the Eagles keeping Aaron Sipos, and they shouldn't because he stunk. Like, why would you keep him? He's not one of the best players you have to keep on the roster. And, like, who's coming after him? You're afraid of losing Aaron Sipos. So, credit to the Eagles for doing that. I was surprised they actually did it because I thought they were going to be dumb and actually just keep him. Now, they brought him back on the practice squad. Yeah, that's a bad omen. Well, I'm hoping slash thinking that's literally just so they can have a punter for practice for the time being and, you know, just have a like placeholder option while they scour the waiver wire while they bring in, I think they're going to sound. I remember John Clark saying they're going to bring in punters for tryouts and like, you know, workouts and, you know, have some guys compete. Um, It's worth noting that as of we're recording this on Thursday morning, the Steelers cut one of the two punters that they kept in Braden Mann. And I don't remember if we mentioned it in this space, but Adam Kaplan had mentioned that the Eagles tried to claim him earlier this year when he was on waivers. The Steelers were ahead of the Eagles, obviously, in the claiming order, so the Eagles didn't get a crack at him. We'll Mm -hmm. see if they want to do that here, or they end up signing that, what's his name, Blake Gillikin from the Saints. Yeah, from the Saints, yep. Who seems to be like the, arguably the top punter available right now. So they have to do something, man. They can't just, they, they can't just go back to Sipas. I mean, I guess they can if you want to say, okay, we need to buy time and we don't know a great option and we want to, you know, elevate him for the first couple weeks or something to be our punter, but it just can't be him, man. It can't be. I thought the three, so I had done an article on this, but I thought the three punter, uh, I guess, um, uh, competitions to watch around the league were the Patriots who had Corliss Waitman who punted for the Broncos last year. He's kind of been around the league, uh, but all, that last year was his first year as a full-time punter against a guy they, they drafted in the sixth round, whose name is escaping me right now. Just he were Bryce Barringer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had him to the Eagles in my uh, final Eagles mock draft. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, Barringer uh, beat out Waitman, and I don't think Waitman is is of you know great interest to the Eagles. But if the Patriots were to make an you know an unforced error and and cut the rookie instead. I think the Eagles would have been all over him. The Steelers uh, competition between Braden Mann, as you mentioned, and Percy Harvin, the third Percy Harvin, the third was a, a draft pick of the Steelers. 
you said year Percy. or two ago, seventh round, I think. Um, you said Percy. Well, I'm sorry, Jimmy. Oh, Presley, Presley, yeah, Presley. not Percy Harvin, not the, not the receiver. Kind of a little Florida. bit of a difference there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Presley Harvin, the third, excuse me, um, against Braden Mann. Harvin won that. The Steelers tried to hold Braden Mann hostage. Like they kept <laughs> two punters on their 53 man roster as if like they're going to force some team to trade for him instead of just cutting him. Get the hell out of here, Steelers. <laughs> like, nice try. I get like, All right. So I, I applaud the effort, but. Of course, everyone's just going to wait them out to, until they cut one of those guys. The most they could have gotten there is like the Albert O package. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then the third one was Gillikin, as you mentioned, from from the Saints was in a, a competition with Lou Headley. Lou Headley was a guy that I had uh, profiled during the season last year um, out of uh, my, the University of Miami. Tattoos all over the place. Big dude like makes tackles, that kind of stuff. He was the underdog and he won that competition mm. against Gilligan. Gilligan on punter EPA in 2020, according to <laughs> at the punt runs was like fifth or sixth in the league or something like that. So, so he's definitely top 10. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember exactly where he ranked but it was around fifth or sixth. So if they could get him, that's a big upgrade in my opinion. Um, so, and, and by the way, Gilligan, uh, had a great game against the Eagles late in the season last year when the Saints upset the Eagles mm. in a game the Eagles needed to sort of uh, to wrap up the one seed, the, yeah. the number one seed, and they lost that game partly because of Gilligan. So the Eagles actually got an up close look at him. I think if he's available, like if he doesn't get claimed before the Eagles in the in the waiver order, I, I do believe they'll put in a waiver claim on him. But I like. The fact that Sipos just kind of is lingering there on the practice squad, <sighs> not a great sign. All right. Well, it doesn't. What what it means is at a minimum, is that they're not just done done with him, which they should be, to be clear, because it's just we. I don't need to relitigate the whole thing, but they should be. They should just be <laughs> done. It's time. They have to move on. There are other punters. He doesn't have to be your only. Like move on. All right. Anyway, uh, your big takeaway. Yeah, so I was surprised Britton Covey got cut. You know, mm. you and I, we don't have to get too deep into this because you and I covered this in, in more depth when we did our 53-man roster projections. Um, but, you know, they were lucky that, maybe not lucky. I mean, I, I guess he's not a guy that uh, a lot of teams are going to be lining up to claim. But it was possible that another team could have claimed him. But they didn't. So he's back on the Eagles practice squad. He'll probably be a week one call-up. He'll probably return punts for the Eagles week one against the Patriots. So, um I mean, uh, and they're how he's good at knowing, like usually knowing who's who's likely to get claimed, who's not likely to get claimed. So I'll kind of defer to him on that. Um, you and I had him kind of as I had. I, I I can't speak for you. I thought he was a lock to make the team. Uh, others did not. So there were a bunch of other people that did not have him on their final fifty-three man rosters. They were right. You and I were wrong. So we'll t- we got to take the L on that one. Um, but it, you know, they 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 did kind of take a little bit of a risk in losing him because there really isn't anyone else on the roster that is an obvious punt return candidate. And in fact, Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman were asked point blank, who's the punt returner? And they did not have an answer. Their mm. answer was basically just not Jordan Mailata. Okay. <laughs> like that's, that's what they said. They're like, they're like, there are, there are guys on the roster that, you know, who can do it. He got work during, during the preseason, during training camp practices. You know, I can tell you it won't be like Jordan Mailata. And that was it. That was, that was the answer they gave. So, I think the most obvious contender to return punts week one, if it's not Covey, 
or if Covey had gotten claimed or something like that, would be Alameda Zacchaeus, mm-hmm. who again, you know, we mentioned this during the last podcast, so we don't beat dead horse here, but he's got three career punt returns, just not that experience doing it. And it's a concern that maybe is there that wouldn't, that otherwise wouldn't be, you know, guy muffs a punt in a game that you're otherwise dominating. And that can, you know, those kind of weird things can, can lead to losses and they have for yeah. the Eagles in the past. So, uh, it, it, but again, it does appear that Covey will probably be the punt returner week one. Uh, but you know, just kind of went a roundabout way to get there. Yes. Yeah, so they did with Covey last year. Um, on him not being claimed. I mean, I thought there was more of a, I know he wasn't last year, but I thought there was more of a risk because he was a really good punt returner in his final 10 games. And I thought, you know, maybe someone would want to take a chance on that. And also when you're a team that just went to the Super Bowl, you know, your players have more of like a higher profile to them. It's like, Oh, like, why don't we, yeah, why don't we get an Eagles player? Cause they're a pretty good roster. Um, but it worked out for them. How he does have a good sense of those things. So kudos to him. Uh, I do think they will handle it like they did last year where they elevated Covey temporarily from the practice squad for the first two games. And then after that, they can kind of make a decision. Okay. Do we want him to be our punt returner? Do we want to use the roster spot on him or do we, can we, you know, just handle this with OZ or something? They can make that decision down the road. Um, also depending on, you know, injuries and if there's a roster spot created for him uh, for Covey, that is down the road. So they can kind of uh, kick the can on that one for now. Um my next thing here, looking at the roster, is heavy at defensive tackle, seven. and But it's not, though, at the same time. when Again, I, I've said this like a billion times. They were using a six-man rotation at the end of last year. They had Hunter Cox, Javon Hargrave, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, Linval Joseph, and Ndamukong Kung Tzu, all playing snaps. So it's really not crazy they kept seven because they were probably going to mm-hmm. at least keep six for sure. And if you're going to keep – and you're going to use a six-man rotation – Keeping one more isn't really that insane. Uh, bad job by us by not considering Fran Duffy's opinion enough. He liked to continue. And he didn't play in the last preseason game. That should have been a, a very easy tip off. Well, for us. I mean, I thought they were going to bring him back, to be clear. I just, didn't even say his name, Contavia Street. Yeah, Contavia Street. <laughs> I thought they were going to maybe, you know, um, play a trick with him and put someone on IR and then bring him back right away. You know, yes. like a little handshake deal like they've done right. and like they did with Craven LeBlanc strap back in the day um to kind of be good they did it for like uh, like three yeah. straight years uh to kind of fudge a roster spot temporarily i thought they might do that with him so i wasn't like down on him didn't think he could make the team at all i just thought they would kind of play that trick with him they didn't actually do that with anyone um but yeah you know they're deep there i think it makes a lot of sense you don't want fletcher cox playing a lot of snaps he was transparent last year and said he doesn't basically want to be playing a lot of snaps so uh you're gonna have a heavy rotation there and they're talented there on the inside i think all of those guys um, I mean, I don't really feel great about Cox relative, you know, to his career, but whatever. If he's playing a rotational amount, it could do worse. Uh, Jordan Davis has a lot to prove, but obviously they're deep there. And John Carter looks like a beast, by the way. Darren Carter looks like a beast. And also, I mean, if you're going to go heavy somewhere like the trenches is absolutely a good place to do it. And I know this hasn't been the case as recently, but once upon a time, especially during like the Doug years, they were just getting like murdered at defensive tackle. Remember like the slew of injuries they would have at that spot? Like they were just getting like decimated there. So, um, and that makes sense. It's like a grueling position there on the, in the, you know, you're getting like fallen on all the time. It's it's, it's not necessarily uh, the most glamorous position to play. So I think it's, it's good that they went heavy there. Playing guys like Bruce Hector, 
Raekwon Williams, <laughs> you know, guys like that. So yeah, you want to be deep there. And they are like, they, they've really put a lot of draft resources into that position with Jordan Davis and, and Jalen Carter and Milton Williams, Moro Jomo this year. Who am I missing? There's another, oh, Mar- uh, Marlon Tui Pelotu. Pelotu. So, I mean, that that's five, five guys they drafted in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Um, they're very young there. So it's a position that kind of takes a little while for guys to get their NFL sea legs. Um, so again, like you mentioned, there's, there's, there's a lot to prove this year for Jordan Davis. I think Jalen Carter could kind of buck that trend mm. because he just looked, he looked awesome, man, like in the, in the joint practices and, um, you know, the very little that he played in the preseason game, he, he dusted, uh, that Browns, was it Browns? Mm-hmm. No, uh, Ravens, Ravens, right guard. Um, really like what I've seen him from him so far. Uh, they also went heavy at corner. We already kind of went through that already, but they went light at receiver, light at linebacker, um, sort of as as expected at linebacker. I think, first of all, in the Eagles beat writer, 53-man roster competition, not one of us had Nicholas Morrow <laughs> making the roster, mm. which was a little bit of a surprise to me. He didn't make the roster, so you know we were all right. But uh, I, th- I figured some people would have him on there. It was at least a question mark for me. Like I considered having him on, uh, ultimately did not. But they're going really light at linebacker, and they mm-hmm. haven't added one. Any- they haven't added anyone yet, and I wonder if they will. I mean, they have Nolan Smith, who played a little bit at linebacker uh, throughout training camp, and they have Terrell Edmonds, who played a little bit of linebacker. They had even James Bradbury sort of played sort of a linebacker kind of role at times during training camp. So. Um, they can maybe afford to go light there. The only thing that you worry about maybe is special teams play uh, because you want some of those, I mean, guys mm-hmm. that can run a little bit but also aren't super light, um, particularly on a punt return team, excuse me, the punt coverage team, because those guys got to block and then they got to run down the field. So that that's typically jobs for linebackers. Getting deep into the weeds here, but uh, point here being light at linebacker, light at receiver, heavy at DT, heavy at corner yeah i think you like i I kept i felt good about goodrich because like you had to have a backup slot (laughs) otherwise you just don't have a backup slot and also as we mentioned maddox didn't have like the best camp that we've ever seen so i think you want to have some kind of insurance there too um not that goodrich i thought was incredible but i thought he did enough to make the roster relative to needing a backup slot and certainly we saw the value of a backup slot or lack thereof last year when josiah scott had to play and was clearly a weak point right um so and again when slay and bradbury are here and they're older you have to think about the future to some extent and if you're going to go heavy at a spot where guys could potentially not only help this year in terms of being injury insurance but also could be starters down the road or in that mix then yeah i think you have definitely have to do that i think that makes sense to me going light at linebacker i mean they could bring morrow back after week one he seems like that kind of player to me in in terms of um, he's a vested veteran and you yeah. avoid having to guarantee salary guaranteed. Yeah. And then you yeah, can, yeah. you know, cut him again down the road if you had to, obviously like he doesn't love that, but from a team standpoint, I, I think <laughs> right. that is something that is still in play. They could also add him to the practice squad. We haven't seen that happen yet. So, you know, maybe that would have happened. Um, sounds like they might not be necessarily bringing back Tyree Maddox Williams, which I think is insane because that guy is clearly, the best linebacker I've ever seen. And He's the next Ray Lois. I mean, he should be on the practice squad. There's like <laughs> zero doubt in my mind that they should spend a spot on him, but we'll see. They still have, as of a recording this, um, technically three, but actually only two practice squad spots open. They officially signed 13 guys. Uh, Tim McManus had reported they signed it. Uh, Tijuan uh, Mullen, 
formerly a Chargers cornerback, UDFA. Taiwan, I think it is. It's well, it's spelled T. Oh, I guess the A and the I yeah, are reversed. It's spelled T I A W A N. So, um, probably still Taiwan. Yeah, I'm positive. Anyway, I'm not. I'm looking. I'm trying to look up <laughs> the pronunciation real quick here. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's definitely T I A. But uh, in any case, um, brother of Trayvon Mullen, who yes. played at uh, Clemson, and I think was a second round pick, yes. maybe even a one. And is the cousin of Lamar Jackson. So okay. there you go. Yeah. A lot of uh, NFL bloodlines. Safety real quick. Who's starting next to Reed Blankenship? Is it going to be Justin Evans? Uh, I think it's. Week yeah, one. I mean, We're talking it, about week one. I'm not you, talking about, you know. You can make an argument for any of the three. Yeah. Well, so, I don't, I mean, I don't think Reed's... it's going to be Sidney Brown. I don't think Sidney Brown's starting I don't think so either. One. But you can still make an argument for him. Sure. But I, I don't think it's going to be him. Week one, uh, I could change over the course of the season, but I don't think week one they're starting him right next to. And honestly, I think, look, I think all four of those guys actually might play or th- at least three. I think they're going to rotate yeah. them. I don't think it's going to be like, all right, Reed Blankenship and the, the next guy, 100 percent of the snaps. I don't I don't well, think Reed Blankenship gonna... ain't leaving the field. He's, he, yes. He'll play 100 percent of the snaps. Correct. He will. Sorry, but I don't think yeah. both of those players, both of the starting safeties are both playing 100 percent. I think Reed will play all of them. And then the other guy, the other starting spot will be split up between two or three players there yeah they that that i mean they could rotate them in though here's the argument for each of them terrell evans has the most experience Mm -hmm. of the of the three by far um he was a starter for a long time for a good defense in Mm -hmm. pittsburgh so it's not like you know pittsburgh we don't think of as a good team right now but their defense has not really fallen off much so you know he's he's probably the safest option of the three agree justin evans you know, uh, I mean, his injury history makes Rashad Penny look like uh, Cal Ripken. <laughs> like, uh, so he's got, you know, he, he's he's suffered a lot more injuries than than uh, maybe anyone on the team. But stayed healthy uh, for the most part a season ago. And I think in camp, we didn't really see much in the way of splash plays. But he did kind of pass like the Reed Blankenship test in terms of being in the right spot. And I think he's been physical too. Like yes, I, he, he he's showed a physical, physical nature player, in, for sure in in training camp and in the preseason games. So we'll see what he can do uh, if he gets to play. And then um, Sidney Brown, by far the most athletically gifted of the Eagles' safeties. Um, just when you watch him, when he when he decides that he's going to get to a spot, whether that's you know flowing to a ball carrier or it's to a spot where he thinks a pass is going, he gets there in a heartbeat and. His intentions are not kind when he gets there. Like he's mm. he's going to look to lay people out when he gets a chance. So from that perspective, he's very exciting, but he's also very aggressive. And the combination of being aggressive, but also being a rookie who might not have like the nuance of the NFL game down just yet. And I think he's a smart player and we'll get that at some point. It's hard to trust that kind of player, um, you know, when there are very sophisticated NFL offenses and they know how to take advantage of guys that, you know, might not know where the ball is going. And I'd be wary about playing him against Bill Belichick week one, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as overrated, I think, as, as as I think Bill Belichick is. <laughs> like, he's obviously a great NFL coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd be a little I'd be a little nervous playing against playing him against the Patriots week one. Maybe ease him in, get him some playing time here and there. And then by the end of the season, he's your starter. But I'm with you. Like, I don't think he'll be the week one starter. All right. Why don't we take another break here? 
but not before we hear about Wrong Crowd Beer. Wrong Crowd Beer. Again. Uh, <laughs> or again, we we're going to have some roach, I guess. I'm, I'm totally thrown off. This is I'm, I'm, I'm used to the training camp podcast. Well, Wrong Crowd Beer will do because, again, we're, just to remind everyone, live show, be there. Or we hate you for life. No, I'm just wow. kidding. But actually, do be there, though. Uh, September 6th, <laughs> 7 p.m., Wrong Crowd Brewery. Get some food, get some beer. And, you know, if you're looking to buy a house, call Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, oh. 856-906-9295. Brandon? We will be back after this. <laughs> Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. Back here on BGN Radio. Uh, did, any, did you do anything else on the roster, Jimmy? So I did want well, to talk why don't about that. I mean, you, you started with safety, uh, who's going to start week one. Mm-hmm. And that is one of five camp battles mm. that I think were worth watching heading into training camp. Um, safety we covered. The other four were right guard, linebacker, slot receiver, punter. Punter we already got to as well. But I think it's worth just kind of touching on the other three real quick. Right guard was never really a competition. It was going to be between Cam Jurgens and Tyler Steen. Um, Cam Jurgens, just from day one, looked good <laughs> at right guard. Um, whereas Steen, I thought, had a good camp, and I think he's going to be a, a good player over time. Like he, that's a legit NFL player. Uh, but you know, Jurgens just kind of took a chokehold of that competition from day one. Steen had like a bunch of pre-snap penalties early in camp and didn't look totally comfortable at right guard. After the fifth practice, they started they started also playing him at left tackle. So he was splitting time between right guard and left tackle. I thought he looked I thought he looked legit good at left tackle when he was there. And of course, that's his more comfortable position. He played that at Vanderbilt in Alabama. And they continued to play him at, at both those spots throughout camp. So once they started doing that, it was crystal clear that Cam Jurgens had won that competition. And that uh I think Steen is actually potentially going to be the first guy off the bench at both of those spots, whether Mm. it's left tackle or right guard. Um, I think he'll be up on game day. I think Jack Driscoll will be up on game day. And then it'll be interesting to see who they, because they will have an eighth guy up. It'll be interesting to see if that'll be Sua Opeta or Fred Johnson. I'm leaning Sua on that one. Really? With the the lack of versatility though? Well, I mean, he's left, right, but I mean, what, does Fred Johnson has, have versatility? I mean, he has guard experience. He's played a guard in the NFL. I, I guess but they, he hasn't but done it as much as the Eagles. The problem is he's a little redundant because mm-hmm. so do Driscoll and Steen have guard tackle versatility. Mm-hmm. So how many of those guys do you need for game day? And so I mean, is more experience when you don't have. <laughs> Although Fred does have NFL experience, but yeah, but it'll be interesting whether it's Sue or Fred who's who's up and down. I was going to ask you, I wanted to play like a little game of like, who's the, tell me who's playing in what scenario here when it comes to the offensive line and potential okay. injuries, obviously, you know, Eagles are hoping no injuries. What's that beeping right. sound? You got a fire alarm going off? I have my, uh, I have my windows open. Oh, nice. 
Should I shut them? Yeah. Or should we? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably coming through for the listeners as well. And it just stopped. Okay. okay. Got it. All right. Left tackle. <laughs> Jordan Milotti goes down. You think it's Steen? Steen. Okay. I think Steen goes. I think he's the best left. I think he's the best left tackle backup on the team. Landon Dickerson goes down. Uh, Driscoll. Hmm. Interesting. I think there's an argument for Sua though too. Uh, I think that's Sua's most comfortable position. And to be clear, I'm not saying you know these are combined because I think I want to run through some combined scenarios too. We'll see. But I'm going to go Driscoll on that one. All right. Jason Kelsey goes down. Jurgens moves the center. Steen goes in at right guard. Jason Kelsey goes down for multiple games. Same. Okay. In fact, that that's even more likely to happen that way. Uh, Cam Jurgens. Steen. Mm, over Driscoll. Okay. Yes. And then uh, Lane goes down. Driscoll. You don't think? Okay, yeah. But so it's a, it's a weird in dynamic game. in that. What's that? That's in game. You're saying, but what if that's it was in game? Yeah. If it's going into a game, do you think they might put Steen at left tackle and try to? Oh yeah, so that's a good point. Right it, well, tackle. if it's if it's in game, Driscoll just goes right in. Yes. If, if Lane is out for like a month, then yeah, I think there's logic to playing Steen at left tackle and moving my lot at a right tackle. I think they would do that. Yeah. Uh, because that gets your best five on the field. Okay. I think that's, and enough. it's a weird dynamic too. I know it's like to, to have normally like, so like a year ago, Andre Dillard was the backup left guard and left tackle. Whereas Driscoll was the backup right guard and right tackle. And that makes sense because you're not, you know, they're, they're not being asked to play both sides. Whereas this year, the way that I just kind of laid that out, you know, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense this way, I guess. But yeah, I have Steen as the backup left tackle and the backup right guard. Driscoll as the backup left guard and the backup right tackle. Right, which doesn't yeah. make a, it's weird. It's like crisscross yeah. applesauce going on there. Uh, so I don't know, uh, but that's kind of the way that they've done it throughout camp. And then. Or, but uh, I mean, it could also just be Driscoll is the backup right tackle only, and then Sue is active, and Sewage goes in if it's left guard. Well, let's say I think the final one worth exploring is both of your centers go down. So Jason Kelsey and Cam Jurgens are down. By the way, at left guard, uh, Dickerson gets hurt a lot. Mm. Like he comes out of a lot of games. Yeah, hurt. In so camp. that's maybe yeah, more, in the that's training more camp of a. It's more of a reason for maybe Sue to be up. Okay, so what's what about in this situation? Uh, Jurgens and Kelsey are both hurt. Yeah, I mean you. <laughs> I mean that depends on if they. I think at some point they're going to add uh, somebody that has center capability to the practice squad. So I mean Julian <laughs> Good Jones does. He's in there. Yeah, right, right. So maybe that he's called up. I don't think they'd start him though. I think they'd probably put Dickerson in. Because once you lose both, if you lose both Kelsey and Jurgens, you're in trouble. Sure. So no, nothing's a really good option at that point. But I'd probably say Dickerson would play center, and then you have Sewell would play Sua left guard and Steen, Steen at right guard. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, obviously, again, for the Eagles' sake, hopefully none of that has to happen. <laughs> Going way into the weeds on that one. I think it's worth thinking about because I think yeah, the point to me. Oh, there, that's certainly something they've thought about, no doubt. Well, the point to me is like I think it was more clear last year. I don't think it's as clear this year. I think just kind of the starters are in place. I think it's a little bit more of a question. The question was never who they were going to keep. Everyone had the Eagles keeping those same nine, especially after the Fred Johnson extension. Yeah, but I think there's a little less clarity on exactly who is backing up what, and I also think that could change. 
Um, because Fred Johnson was getting, if I'm not mistaken, some like second team left tackle reps yes. too later in camp. So, um, you know, it's I don't know if we'll be up like you said. We'll have to see if they it's him or Sua. But there's there's still my point is there's still some like things they're figuring out there. Uh, all right. The other battles that we had to get to um, receiver. You didn't, did we talk about that one? There wasn't really a clear cut winner in the sense that Quez did some things nice earlier in camp, but then yeah. had the hamstring injury and then kind of, we didn't hear from him. And also I said, even when he was playing well in camp, I've seen him look good in training camp practices before, man. So it's not <laughs> right. like, oh, this is new territory. He's going to have a huge year. <laughs> Got to see it in the games. Got to prove it when it counts. Yeah. I mean, their games are kind of similar. Quez has a lot more speed, of course, than Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, I think has, um, more reliable hands and you can count on him to be where he's supposed to be more than you can with Quez. More of a yak Quez guy brings... too, I would say. What's that? More of a yak more... guy. Yeah. Former, former running back actually um, at Virginia. I, I think like in theory, you can throw to OZ. I feel like short of the sticks and he might be able to get you a first down where yeah. I'm not Quez is not doing that. I don't as much. So Quez can make a guy miss here and there and then explode up the field. Like we've seen him do that in some games. But um, in terms of breaking tackles, yeah, that's more OZ's territory. Um, so yeah, so they're similar players, but they're you know they have some you know nuanced differences. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out because, like you said, we didn't get a, a clear cut winner. Quez had the hamstring injury mm-hmm. and missed a couple weeks of camp, and when he was out, uh, Zacchaeus, you know, didn't do anything to hurt himself, but he also didn't. Like he had a few, like, like he had one really nice play mm-hmm. in one catch, like where he was, he caught it while being interfered with going down to the ground. But beyond that, I can't really call like many big splash plays that he made. So he had a chance to like kind of take that job away. And I don't think he necessarily did that. I think the, yep. the, the very um, boring answer here, but probably the right one is that they're both going to have a role. They're both going to play in games. Um, and it doesn't really matter who's out there first. I always thought that was the most likely case. It wasn't like someone's going to win the wide receiver three job and they're going to be the guy and there's no questions asked. I always thought they're going to split time. It's just a matter of what that split looks like and who's going to be playing more than the other. Uh, that's all I have on receiver. Linebacker. Nicobe Dean, you talked about, came on stronger as camp ended. That's a good sign. Yeah, The Eagles will hope that carries over into the regular season. I like what I saw out of Zach Cunningham, especially relative to signing a guy off the street in the middle of camp. And I know coverage isn't his strong suit, and you look at his career numbers, but he did create two interceptions in camp. And there is something to be said for his size and how long his arms are and, like, you know, getting in the passing lanes and being able to tip passes and stuff. So he's probably going to get picked on coverage at times, but there might be times where he might be able to make a play with just how big he is. So um, I think it's possible that they have enough to get by with what they have at linebacker. I'm, I'm figuring Christian Ellis will also rotate in from time to time, but you know, they are pretty thin there. <laughs> I mean, it's three guys, you know, you lo- let's say you lose Nicobe Dean again, who missed time in camp. You're at, you're at Zach Cunningham and Christian Ellis and no one else at that point. Obviously maybe you would elevate um, someone from the practice squad, or again, you could bring back Nicholas Morrow. If he's still out there, then it's after week one. Um, but it, it certainly is thin. And he's not going to be on the field uh, like for Nicole Dean's going to be a three down linebacker. He's going to be on the field for maybe not a hundred percent of the snaps, but close to it. Uh, Zach Cunningham's probably going to be on the field for about half of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, cause they're going to have, they're going to use a lot of sub packages in my opinion. Um, 
and he's not going to be on the field for like third, certainly like obvious passing down situations. Mm -hmm. He's just not going to be on the field because they're going to have their premier pass rushers in there and they're going to probably have an extra defensive back or two in there. So uh, like he'll be in there for rundowns and that's fine. Like that's, I think that's all they need him for. And as you mentioned, like he in zone coverage, he's effective because he takes up a lot of space. Yeah. Uh, Man coverage, maybe a little different story. Of course, you got to have a good tight end that can exploit him if if uh, the Eagles are in man coverage and he's on the field. And not every team has that. Like mm-hmm. the Giants, I think, do, and Darren Waller. Um, certainly the Chiefs do if you, you know, when they play them later in the season. But um, yeah, I mean, you have to be able to exploit those guys to, to you know, for, for them to become a weakness. But I think he's, you, you look at like, you compare him to who he's replacing, which would be Kaiser White. Mm-hmm. I don't see that big a difference. I think. I think Kaiser played better last summer, and I agree. So yeah, I mean, I, I would take. I think but he also had a full camp. Did. <laughs> Cunningham didn't. Well, there's a reason for that though, because he also I think played and Cunningham well. Cunningham played relative to the amount of time they were each in camp. I think it's still pretty close. I mean, I would take Kaiser right now, but yeah, I don't. I don't think it's night like a uh, world's difference, night and day. Um, but. Again, I think they have enough to get by. I don't think they have yeah. enough to be a strength, certainly. Um, but it's thin. Uh, they can still tinker some things. Uh, I want to talk. That's all, Those are all the battles, right? We got to all the battles. We talked about punter, linebacker. Yes. Okay. I want to talk about the practice squad quickly. Um, Eagle signed 13 players officially, as I mentioned. And Tijuan Mullen is potentially that 14th. We'll see what they do with the final two spots. Here are the signings in alphabetical order. No real surprises here. Devin Allen, Britton Covey, Mikai Garner, Julian Good-Jones, Teron Jackson, Kyron Johnson, Tristan McCollum, Joseph Ngata, Brady Russell, your boy Jimmy, tight end, uh, Aaron Sipas, Brett Toth, Ben Van Sumeren, and old friend Greg Ward, who has now been cut, I believe, 12 times by the Eagles since originally joining the team. I was looking that up the other day. Um, who do you The th- next Julian Vandervelde. I, yes, he is in a way. Um, who do you think are like the top candidates to be elevated? And again, for the context here, for the listeners, you can elevate two guys up to two guys from the practice squad each week. Although you can only elevate them twice per season. I'm guessing you know Britton Covey. Covey is makes a, sense. Covey's a no-brainer. Yeah. And right now, as of it currently stands, you know you would say Sipos, but let's say the Eagles like get rid of him let's say they add a punter so that's not interesting because that's not that's boring okay yeah, they're yeah, gonna, yeah. covey the punt returner and Sibos <laughs> yeah. the punter covey i think is likely it's possible they replace Sibos with an actual punter on their roster before we get to week one who would be the other guy do you think is most likely to be elevated uh, yeah, it won't be the tight end because they have four of them now mm-hmm. uh it won't be the offensive lineman it won't be i mean they didn't even keep a defensive like a so i i think it'd probably be chiron just for special teams. Purposes. I agree. That's what I was going to say. I think he makes the most sense just to add more special teams. And also, um, you know, look, uh, Hassan Reddick said he's going to be ready for week one, but he's coming off this thumb injury, thumb surgery. Uh, Nolan Smith returned to practice on Wednesday, but he missed some time. So uh, Patrick Johnson also missed some time in training camp. He's been back for a little bit now, but point being like they've had some injuries at that Sam linebacker spot. Wouldn't be the worst idea to have a little bit of extra depth there as yeah. well, in addition to playing special teams. So I think that is accurate. I think he's likely to be elevated. Although, you know, and then looking down the road a little bit, I think you can also say Ben Van Sumeren is a contender. Well, I was going to ask you, like, who are the two guys that you think have a chance to 
maybe crack the roster and do something, not this year, maybe, but down the road. Okay. And Ben Van Sumer, I think, is your, was going to be your first answer on I that mean, one. He could but be, I have another guy, too, there. He could be like this year's Christian Ellis in a way where, you know, maybe the special teams unit is struggling. And it's like, hey, we need to change it up. Let's elevate him to let's use the temporary elevation on him and see how he does. And if maybe he, like Christian Ellis did last year, gave special teams unit a boost. Um, maybe he kind of finds a roster spot that way, even late in the season or um, making his case for the future. I think that's possible. As for anyone else here, I don't really, I mean, Devin Allen is also a consideration if the Eagles want special teams help. Um, obviously he has the kick return ability, which isn't super relevant in a league where there's like, you've talked about, there's going to be a lot of fair catches, although, you know, maybe it's, um, like a big game. You want a different dynamic in there. I don't know, but more so I would think, you know, he's been a good gunner, right? Like Devin Allen is good on the special teams. He might be the best gunner on the team. I agree. So, you know, I'm not good enough to make a roster, but no, but (laughs) But if you're, If your special teams unit is struggling and you have one of those elevations to use, it wouldn't be the worst idea to to break him out and put him in there. The other guy, I think, is Mekhi Garner. Really? I mean, so he's not going to crack the roster this year, I don't think, because they're so deep at that that spot. But down the road, I think he's shown enough that he could maybe be a a player that – you know, can actually play in games. I agree, certainly in the future. I just don't think there's in the a, regular defense. A, I mean, yeah, like a path to him. I, I didn't have, you know, there's no path to him really getting elevated this season at all. Yeah. Whereas I think some of these players can get elevated this season and bide for, or help their case for playing time in the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at else here, like Julian good Jones, again, depending on the offensive line injury situation, he has a chance to get bumped up specifically if they get thin at center. Um, although, you know, they might just like re-sign Josh Andrews at that point and play him if something happened where it was a long-term injury. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, Joseph Ngata, I think is just too raw. I think they're, and doesn't really play special teams. I don't think they're going to trust him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Toth also in the mix for that offensive line situation, more so at guard and tackle. Surprised they kept him on the practice squad. I mean, I'm not from a standpoint of I thought he's he's done some okay things at guard and tackle. He's just not a center. I don't know why they yeah. decided to sabotage him by playing him at center. Like never, like why he never played center. <laughs> well, I think I think it was the opposite of a sabotage. I think it was opportunity. Yeah, but like he never played center though. Like that was never a thing with him. If you look back at his profile, he was a guard tackle type. So why did they put him at center? Like why was that ever I mean, a they, real they thing? They were hoping he could he could become more versatile. I just think that's like an unrealistic expectation. <laughs> And now they're doing it with Julian Good Jones. And Julian Good Jones is uh he looked better than Toth at center. I before we wrap up, I had a couple quick questions here. I was thinking about okay. like break in case of glass emergency options on the free agent market. Like if the Eagles have some injuries at safety, some I'm looking at the practice squad here. I don't think they're gonna play Tristan McCollum. Like they wouldn't, especially if they have long-term injuries, I think they would maybe like re-sign Anthony Harris or something, something like that. Like guys who are still out there on the market. Um, I guess I wanted to think about a quarterback though, because that's kind of that's kind of been on my mind. Like, let's say, God forbid, Jalen Hurts goes down for the season, early in the season too, or maybe you know late in the season as they're about to make a run. Um, what are you gonna do in that situation? You're probably gonna play Mariota for a game. I feel like that's been my thing. And then it's like if you have a Forty Nine er situation where they lose Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. And then you're playing Brock Purdy. You, you see how Tanner McKee does at that point. Yeah. But let's say you're like about to make a playoff run and he's not looking and he's just looking fine. He's like, okay, not terrible. He's fine. 
would you do you think they who do you think they would sign do you think they would sign anymore? well if it gets to that point where it's late in is the it season Foles? and it's too late because uh you know you're past the trade deadline at that point right but i'm saying who would you who would you if sign you grab someone off the street Foles is not on a team correct correct he's out there baby there's Philip Rivers, who still wants to play. I think that would be, honestly, the real answer, especially because he has <laughs> he, the background. He, he's, he has experience yep. with, with Nick. Yep. Yeah. Um, He'd be fun. Tom Brady? That would be like a situation <laughs> where, let's say, like, they're in the playoffs already. Let's say, like, they're, they're about to go. <laughs> they're in the NFC Championship game. Jalen Hurts gets injured. Do you sign Tom Brady? That's, that sounds like a sounds like a post that could uh, he would get a lot of clicks. You'd be willing to do that, right? I mean, come on, for a game to get another ring, like there's no way he wouldn't be interested in that, right? Yeah, maybe I could see that. Sure. And you would, I mean, you have to do it. Write it right? up. <laughs> Write it up. Dive into those clicks like Scrooge McDuck. Some something interesting to think about. Been thinking about that a little bit. Um, let's make that the uh, let's make that the title of the podcast. Should that's... the Eagles sign Tom Brady? <laughs> there you go. I mean, that would do numbers, <laughs> baby. Okay, that's all I had for the roster stuff. Do you have any final thoughts, Jimmy? Hmm. Final thoughts. Uh, no, that's a no. Uh, I mean, one quick complaint. Wow. Uh, can Can the NFL please fix their Game, whatever they call it now, NFL Plus, Game Pass. It's just awful. Last year, it got so bad where I had to basically, I I, I used a, a VPN hmm. that made it look like I was in Europe so that I could use the international version of their offering, which is which was slightly better than their <laughs> American version, which I get for free, by the way, for being a part of uh, the pf pro football writers association it was it was free and i didn't even want to use it because <laughs> i used it i paid for the international version that the american version was so bad and then the over the off season the nfl switched from their version to the i guess it got transferred over to some company d-a-z-n dazen mm. i don't know if you ever heard of them before yeah. yep and this i two charges showed up on my amex account from Dazen. One was for like 190 something and the other was for 90 something. I don't even know why I got charged like for two different things. You cannot get like there's no phone number for this company. You can't contact them in any way really. And then I disputed it with Amex. Amex like took the charges off and then they put them back on. They're like, no, those charges are legit. Mm. So I have like three hundred dollars worth of charges. Uh nobody cares about any of this. But like the point is all this is happening because the NFL can't put out a reasonably decent <laughs> product where you can watch games. It's absurd that they don't every other every other major sport has something that's usable and the NFLs are just totally not usable in any way. I hate it with every fiber of my being. And it's not like, hey, do this out of the kindness of your heart for the fans. It's like do this because it's good for your product. You're, you're promoting <laughs> right. your own product. I yes. guess they don't care because they already have so much, you know, coverage and everything anyway. They just and it's feel expensive. Like it doesn't matter. It is. It feels like whatever. We can just do whatever we want. But I think part of it's just because it speaks to the people running the league are out of touch in some ways and or just ignorant at best. Um, so, yeah, that's a bummer. But before John, um, my final thought, uh, I thought I had a good one. 
but I think I forgot it. So uh, I'm just going <laughs> to say, come on out. And it's an even better one, what I'm about to say. Come on out and hang out with us at Wrong Crowd Beer Company in Westchester, PA. It's worth the trip. Going to get some great beer. Uh, we'll get to hang out, get to hear a live BGN radio recording. I mean, come on. How exciting is that? Um, very cool. Very fun. So come on out. It's the 10th year, as I've said before, of BGN Radio and me being at Bleeding Green Nation. So come celebrate. We have a lot to celebrate. Should be a good time. Um, it'll be Has fun. It been 10 years there? 10 mm. years, Jimmy. I started in 2013. That's when you were there briefly and then went over to Philly.com and, you know, had your whole journey to where you are now. But yeah, it's been 10 years. Hard to believe. I was 21. All right. Yeah, because I started there. I started at Philly.com literally the day of the Eagles like thrashing of Washington and Chip Kelly's first game, yes. like when they, they had like over a hundred snaps or <laughs> like it was, it was, we got the first look at, at Chip Kelly's offense, a very exciting time yes. in the Chip Kelly era. That was my first day covering the Eagles professionally full time. So I guess that was probably close to about when you started at uh, BGM. Yeah. So it's almost exactly 10 years. Yeah. So come out and celebrate with us at Wrong Crowd Beer Company. You can pick up some beers there to take home as well, in addition to trying out what they have there on tap. I am very confident you will like their offerings. Very good beers there that we have. We Again, Jimmy and I went to the the, uh, the tap room. We would not just support a product blindly. It's not like, oh, hey, here's some money. Say nice things about us. No, it's like we were like, we did the homework. We went out. We tried it. It's been great. And been working with those those guys has been awesome. Um, they make sure we get new cans and try things out. So we are actively like actually tasting and trying the product and enjoying it. So we stand by it. It'll be fun. Come check it out. And that's my final thought. Uh, All right. Thank you for listening to BGN Radio. Rate, review, subscribe. We have a bunch of great shows on the feed. Just came out with the new NFC East mixtape episode with RJ Ochoa. Um, that was our first in a couple here because we had some scheduling issues last week. So, uh, you're going to want to check that out. Uh, and I don't want it to get fully buried by this podcast. So make sure you see that if you didn't already released on Wednesday night. Also, we have going on again, a bunch of other shows on the feed, including Jimmy. I don't know if you knew about this, a new feature with a draft show. Shane half is running that. So a nice little check-in on college football action. I know you do your college football series, Jimmy, mm-hmm. um, with your articles each week. So an- another kind of component here, if you're you're really into the draft and you want to get a really early look to next year, so you can check that out as well. If you're a true, true sicko, uh, a lot of other good shows as well. Um, Rachel had an interview this week uh, with her Above the Nest on her podcast. So a lot of good things. Check it all out. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate it. I am the Enemy with John Stolas. Ton of, tons of things going on. Uh, also, check out all of our sponsors. We just mentioned Wrong Crowd Beer, so I'm not going to do that again. already got them. Uh, we have Right to Sell and Craft Turkey. Discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. If that doesn't work, BGN15 for 15% off your order. Right to Sell.com. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to contact her by going to RoachRealtors.com or calling or testing, texting this phone number. Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. We always go really long in the intro and all these plugs. I feel like other podcasts just wrap it up. So sorry. I mean, some, you're probably tuning out <laughs> at this point anyway. But whatever. I feel like I have to say. Right. I just you make, already know the episode is over. Who's, who's sticking around? 
Well, if you are, we appreciate it. And um, yeah. check out the description, I guess, for more of the plugs for social media and stuff. We'll wrap this up. Uh, we'll talk to you uh, probably early next week as we start to gear up for week one. Goodbye, everybody. P G N. <laughs>